Hey, it's Free Talk Live, the live Sunday edition of the program. As always, you're invited to join us here. The toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have also the Discord on our call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. So feel free to jump into one of those. And you will join us on the air and sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. And tonight in the studio, it's Ian, Richie Rich, and Mark. And of course, you can bring up whatever is on your mind as we do the live Sunday edition of the show. Uh, Richie, I think we're starting out with a story that you have about executioners. In Saudi Arabia. Mm, I imagine they're executing a lot of people over there. Isn't that the place you can get killed for like having a speck of marijuana? That was, I think that was true from a few years ago. Yeah. The guy going through the airport had a little bit stuck to the bottom his of his shoe. shoe. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more. Uh, help wanted. Saudi Arabia is running out of executioners. Uh, apparently all those executioner, uh, executions require more than they have. Uh, Saudi Arabia is preparing to decapitate so many people in 2019 that the kingdom is looking to hire eight more executioners. Jeez. Wow. Who will be tasked with publicly lopping off convicts' heads with a giant curved sword. I am glad to hear that they're having a difficult time finding people for this job in the same way that many police departments in the United States are having a tough time finding new recruits. Absolutely. I long for the day that uh, Saudi Arabia adopts European values and uses a straight sword to lop people's heads off. <laughs> or a, a big knife coming down from the top of a guillotine. Mm-hmm. The uh, executioner's swords didn't have points on them because it, you know, it was used for cutting heads off as opposed right, to stabbing, stabbing people. Human rights groups are outraged about the execution of 37 people in a single day uh, last week. So th- this week, uh, this article is a, a week old, um, so two weeks ago. Wow. S- some of whom were murdered in extremely brutal ways. The heads of one victim was impaled on a spike, while another's headless body was crucified. Uh, one of the men who was executed, a member of the Shiite minority, was just 16 when he was arrested. He was charged of terrorism over messages he sent about a peaceful anti-government demonstration. Mm. That was another news wow. article that I came across. That, yeah, 16-year-old, 16, uh, 16 you know, when he was arrested and then executed in the public square uh, like, terrorism. Every, like everybody else. And, and such great friends with the United States government. Uh, the kingdom is on track to set a new record this year as more than 170 people are set to be put to death in 2019, up from 150 last year. The country has carried out some 600 executions since 2014. Already, the kingdom has executed about 100 people this year. See, now this should fix it, Jeez. right? Like, they just need to keep increasing the executions, and then people will stop committing crimes. This doesn't work that way. Well, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up briefly because we talked about it a little bit at dinner. It's the, the Hoppian physical removal plan, right? If you just keep getting rid of the people you don't like, uh, eventually they'll stop wanting to be there, and you'll have your almighty perfect society. Right, you just get rid of the people you don't like. Except you probably will start disliking other people once the people you don't like are uh, are gone. Then other people will show aspects to their personalities that, or you know, whatever it is that it that you didn't like, you didn't know you didn't like about them, but now you don't like it about them. All of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> Before you know it, you're down to just you. And and some people would be fine with that, according to a job posting on Saudi's civil service website. Executioners will be tasked with carrying out the beheadings, but they also must be prepared to cut off extremities, like hands, oh, a common punishment for some mi- minor offenses. Wow. They still have that. Uh, apparently they do. Eye for an eye. Chop off the hand of the thief. Absolutely. That's not an eye for an eye. 
It's a I mean, deterrent. if you steal a loaf of bread, a ham's worth significantly more than a loaf of bread. So that's not the same. It doesn't have to do with the, the worth. It has to do with the, the crime that was committed. They used their hand to take the bread. So therefore, an eye for an eye is a standard. Mm-hmm. And that standard is something of value for something of equal value. That's not what goes on with the hand chopping thing. That's a different idea. And I don't know whose hands they're chopping off or what the story is, but there's some theft that isn't worth a hand, to my mind. I understand. You're not the person in charge of these countries. No. Nope. Uh, I think they would say that any theft is worth your hand being chopped off. And it's a deterrent to future criminals That's who the might claim. think about stealing in the future. That's the claim. Well, in Iran, they had a situation where, let's see, a man threw acid in a beautiful woman's face because she didn't want to be his wife and i can't have you no one can that 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 general premise and she was given after several appeals the opportunity to put have acid dropped in his eyes so that he was Mm. blind she was blind Mm -hmm. blinded by this and uh yeah so basically did she or did she choose to she uh, chose that yeah yeah. she stuck to it adamantly yeah like he was, she was offered money. She was offered everything, and she stuck to wow. the eye for an eye thing. And I gotta say, good for you. I, I, you know, I mean, I would recommend practicing forgiveness. But I understand why somebody would want to uh, practicing forgiveness is not going to yeah. get your face, uh, you know, turned back uh, the way it was. Isn't going to give you your sight back. Uh, I mean, you Neither know, is two wrongs though. don't make a right. Yeah. Nope. Nope, but a society full of men that believes that somehow they can throw acid in people's faces, it's not like that doesn't exist over there. Mm -hmm. So somebody has to stand up and say, I'm going to make this stop. And is she going to make it stop? Probably not all on her own. But if if some dudes start getting acid thrown in their faces too, maybe a little bit of get back will change things. Hmm. We'll see. Saudi Arabia has one of the highest execution rates in the world. Uh, suspects can be put to death after being convicted of terrorism, homicide, rape, armed robbery, and drug trafficking. Executioners use a sword known as the Sultan to remove the condemned man's head from his neck. Public executions typically take place around 9 a.m. after the convict is led into the public square. Crowds often cheer as the man is killed. Oh, I'm sure. And and that's probably why it's unlikely to stop anytime soon, because it's a spectacle. People like it. People like it. They're bloodlust. I'm sure that that would be true in many societies, uh, probably most. Yeah. Do do uh, I mean I'm wondering if anybody listening to the show tonight wants to bring back public executions? Because right now, and as I understand it, at least I don't know if this is true in all states, but in some states, uh, it's usually only like the family of the victim and whatever state officials and and such uh, can go to an ex- execution. Journalists, okay, yeah. you could end up in one if you wanted to. You mean as the victim, or no? As... Well, that's certainly a possibility. Um, or, or the perpetrator. If you're you saying I could go see an execution yeah, if I wanted to, as you a journalist, could talk about it. Yeah. Well, not in New Hampshire because there's only one guy on death row here, and um, who knows when they're going to put him to death. And un- unfortunately, they did not get rid of the uh, the death penalty yet. The governor in New Hampshire did sign a veto against what is a veto-proof margin. So. So now they, you know, have to go and put it to another vote to try to get the veto override on that. And uh, I was at a meeting, a political meeting with uh, some Republicans this weekend, and uh, one of their main 
character's uh, House Minority Leader guy was was there talking, and he was saying he's got to convince forty seven Republicans to change their mind on this. And I'm like, I hope you can't do it. <laughs> Hopefully, they can get this veto override, and New Hampshire can abolish the death penalty. Which, by the way, from what I understand, would not affect the one guy on death row. It would not get him off of death row. And the governor probably wouldn't commute the sentence. Either. Right. So he would still be sitting on death row. That's my understanding of the situation. It That's would just hard to eliminate. Believe. It would just eliminate because that was the punishment he was he was already given. In the same way that Mark, when they legalize uh, marijuana, which they haven't done here yet, but they've decriminalized it. When they legalize marijuana in some states, they generally don't automatically wipe out the records of the people. What they'll do is they'll pass another bill that says, "Okay, if you got a marijuana conviction, you can send a hundred dollars to us, and we'll wipe it off." <laughs> for for hundred dollars, right? Uh, so so you don't automatically. I wish I had that opportunity. <laughs> I mean, the, the, it would be nice if the, when the law changed, that everybody who was convicted of that thing that was currently sitting in a, a prison cell would automatically be exonerated and and let out. But just the fact that you've legalized something or ended a certain punishment doesn't necessarily mean that it will affect the people who are already being they've already been sentenced to that punishment under the previous regime and so there has to be some sort of special provision made for those people and i don't think the pro- the proposal in new hampshire makes that provision i wonder if you could get your strike back if you're in a three strike state that's a good question toll free number here is 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 you probably could if you file for whatever annulment yeah. uh, in that case 855-450-3733 more on the death penalty executioners apparently wanted in saudi arabia so if you need a job it's free talk live and you don't mind. It's Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition of the show. You can dial in. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Richard Rich. And Mark. And don't forget that Free Talk Live will be heading out to Fork Fest coming up in just over a month. It's going to be here before you know it. Fork Fest 2019. It's the third annual decentralized libertarian camping event at rogers campground the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire it's june 13th through the 18th so make sure you mark your calendars and better yet just call up rogers campground and reserve your camping or rv site or even a motel room if you prefer it's a great time because well you'll be around other people who care about freedom in a very beautiful location uh, and we'll be there broadcasting, but there's also going to be all kinds of things to do because the people that attend ForkFest are doers. They're people, a lot of them want to create a thing for you to enjoy. So there's going to be man camp going on. There's going to be parties uh, thrown at the AnyPay tent. Uh, they're going to have like a party tent with all kinds of like crazy sound speakers. Stephen was telling, yeah, Stephen was telling me he's got some pretty amazing uh, sound equipment that he's going to be bringing Seminar out. Seminar on drone piloting too, I believe. Really, yeah. uh, very cool. So yeah, there's going to be all kinds of like educational, fun things to do. I've heard there's going to be a, like a classic board game night that Taron Lupo's throwing. Uh, so you, if you're not there, you're going to miss out. Uh, go to forkfest.party. You can learn more about the event. It's June 13th through the 18th. Forkfest.party. There's the Forkfest forum, the Forkfest Telegram chat room. Uh, where they've already, somebody, uh, Ernie Hancock from Declare Your Independence, already has organized t-shirts uh, for this year, which has never happened before. So it's just, it's wonderful to watch, you know, the self-organization happen 
where nobody's telling anybody else what to do and just people just kind of doing whatever it is they feel called to do. And it'll all uh, work out for what I think will be a really fun event. Play some Monopoly for crypto money. That could happen. Forkfest.party. <laughs> uh, all right. So we can continue with your calls and thoughts. We were talking about the Saudi Arabian government putting out an advertisement looking for more executioners. Apparently, this is a, a task. Yeah, they need eight more because they're killing a whole lot of people there. And I guess it's just, I don't know why you need eight executioners. I mean, what was I'm it, 30 sure and... It's, in a day? it's a tasking job. Like, I don't yeah. know how many heads can you chop off in one day without getting... I mean, if you can chop heads. one off, then presumably you can chop ten off, right? There are people that work in slaughterhouses that are killing, you know, large mammals by the dozens in a day. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think mean, they, it said they were slated for 100 and, uh, 170 set to be put to death this year. So That's only one every other day. Oh, you only need one executioner for that, then. Right, I mean, so I don't understand. I mean, that's, how I, <laughs> that's how I see it. Look, it's, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I support it. I'm against the death penalty. I think that, as we've talked about many a time here... But, uh, but I'm against lazy executioners, too. <laughs> Let's you go. You don't want to go halfway through. We got... Uh, yeah, that would be a mess. You just get a heavy sword. Let's go to Jeff. He's in Chicago. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live, uh, watching on YouTube. Go ahead. Um, I have some questions about the Second Amendment. What are your thoughts? That's my. That's your question? <laughs> I'm for it. That was the question? That's the question? Is he still uh, there? Did he hang up? Jeff? No, I'm there. I'm there. I'm here. Okay. okay. So your question is, what are our thoughts on the Second Amendment? Yeah. Um, I wish it had been written more clearly. Like, apparently, shall not be infringed is not good enough to prevent 20,000 laws on the books in the United States that infringe gun ownership. I think it should have been more clear on, uh, you know, who can own and who can't. I mean, did the founding fathers really think it was a good idea for mentally ill people? Did they they have mentally ill people? Did they think it was a good idea for them to have firearms? I mean, I don't know any of this stuff, but... um, you know, I I wish that there was some more clarity on it all, but it's not. I don't think it's I don't think it's the right law, but it is the law, and I'm of the opinion that the highest law in the land should be enforced, and even to its own detriment. If the Second Amendment is a good idea, let's go with the Second Amendment. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I have another question. Oh, um, no, I asked you what you think. What do I think? Yeah. Um, I think. There's been many shootings going on in America lately, and and I heard on the news that there was a shooter screaming, "Listen up!" <laughs> Sorry, I thought he was going to say something else, but who knows where it was going? Yeah, oh, you dropped. <laughs> Listen him? to Howard Stern, maybe. I think it was going to be "Listen to Howard Stern." Okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it could, but if, it's big. Reco- it's recorded right now. You know, if language is getting in the way, like I, I am vi- of the general vague opinion. Everything should just be re- rewritten in common parlance. Yeah. Right? If, if if this is the issue, if we're getting stuck on where the comma was and what those words mean. And that comma is a big deal. It's a big deal. You're right. But, it, but if that's the sticking point, right, then it must be the sticking point through the entire Bill of Rights, the entire Constitution. For sure. And so not scrap it, right, but edit it in such a way that the language is clear to people currently living today and that any you know if we're going if you're going to have a supreme court and again not for that so much either but if you're going to have that let them be the ones to interpret it 
and then rewrite it so that at least there is an understanding from top to bottom of what all the little words and nuances mean. They don't seem to have any interest in that. Uh, the Supreme Court has used terminology like, um, you know, what did Kennedy say? I don't remember exactly, but something to the effect of this uh, this interpretation of this law is no longer appropriate for modern day Americans. So reinterpret it and rewrite it so that everyone has an understanding right. of what they're saying. But I mean, laws are words. They're not. In, it's not about interpretation. It's about what's written down. And so, I mean, like, let's just go ahead and write this stuff. But everybody knows it's too cumbersome. The opportunity to have a constitutional convention is written right into the Constitution. Sure. But it's never happened. Three quarters of the states. That's what you need, right? Right. I think they're very, very close to getting it for um, term limits, but uh, I think it's term limits that's working on getting a constitutional convention put together. If but, they have a convention, they can just rewrite the whole thing. Yes, but they would just still have to item. get three quarters of the states to approve it. Right, but the three quarters of the states just has the convention. It's not for one specific purpose. It's like right. we a just constitu- open up the book and go at it. A constitutional convention will not – I mean, okay, so if we get together and write a constitution, the three of us, and then we just present it to the states, they're going to say, no thanks. Obviously. So that's what's going to happen to a, constitu- a constitutional convention doesn't mean the constitution gets rewritten. The Constitution is in the Constitution until it's voted on. Sure. Right, agreed, but they rewrite ratified. it at the convention. Right. right. But that's meaningless until all the states vote on it, right. Ian. Okay, but first they have to vote to have the convention. Well, let's then not, they got to rewrite well, the thing. Do they but have to not, vote to have the convention? Because I remember vaguely, again, about someone organizing a con-con uh, mm-hmm. like within the last decade or so, just trying to get representatives yeah. From each state to show up to a meeting to do something. That was we the we the people who. Put oh, okay. Together, well, there you go. Yeah, they put together their own con con that everybody. What happened ignored. to those guys? Uh, they probably got tired of losing. <laughs> <laughs> this hey, is the thing the way, is I don't think you can retrofit the state, ladies and gentlemen. I think this just needs to be abolished. Forget about the federal government. New Hampshire's got a pretty good one. They actually added it later. It was 1982. Uh, When they added Article 2A, the bearing of arms, all persons have the right to keep and bear arms in defense of themselves, their families, their property, and the state. So in 1982, it was illegal for a convicted felon to bear arms. Why would they have made a law that says for all persons? This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Free Talk Live has found that though U.S. financial institutions are prohibited from doing business with foreign gambling websites, it's not illegal for U.S.-based Internet users to gamble on those sites. People have been using VPNs or virtual private networks to connect to sites like games.bitcoin.com and play games with Bitcoin Cash. Games.bitcoin.com features poker, blackjack, roulette, craps, keno, slots, and dice. You can conduct your own investigation at games.bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free here at 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms. Just go to discord.lrn.fm, and you can join us there. And with you in the studio tonight, by the way, it's Ian... Oops, sorry. Let's try that again. Rich E. Rich. All right. (laughs) And Mark. And also, if you are somebody who is in the retail world, if you are a manager, maybe an owner of a retail establishment, you want to start taking cryptocurrency at the point of sale, 
It is so easy to do it. All you have to do is go to helpmetakebitcoin.com, and the good folks over at AnyPay.Global are going to help you take Bitcoin and other cryptos, because it's not just Bitcoin out there. There's other great stuff like uh, Dash and Zcash and Bitcoin Cash and others. Uh, In fact, I I was just reading the AnyPay Telegram chat today that they have, which is open to anybody who's got questions about AnyPay. And apparently there are up to 10 different cryptos that they accept with AnyPay, which means that uh, you get this nice little app that's available for iOS and Android devices. You load that up on your tablet at your point of sale, and then you you know that's part of the, the few steps that you have to go through at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. It's they also easy. have a map that allows people to find you. That's true. And the people that spend cryptocurrency are fiercely loyal. They yeah. want to be able to spend their cryptocurrency and they will reward a business that does it. So, there have been times where I have gone and I've, I've thought to myself, oh, yeah, I kind of want to get some Chipotle. No, wait, they don't take crypto. I'll go to Thirsty Owl, the local bar, and just get something there. Right. Instead. As long as they have the iPad ready. And they do. They do. They've uh, the, the, the local merchants, they've loaded up the app. I think almost every merchant in Keene now has the app. It used to be they didn't have an app. It was all on the web. So yeah. they keep improving the uh, the, the pro- product quality and the ease of use. And in fact, now you don't even need an account at AnyPay, which is amazing. Uh, go to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. Get started there. It's super easy. They'll walk you through the steps. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. As we continue here, whether it's the death penalty, the Second Amendment, or whatever is on your mind, we go to Gilbert listening in Vegas. Gilbert, you're on Free Talk Live. LRN.FM just going to hit the dump button. 855 450 free like freedom as we continue here. So we were discussing the uh, the Constitution, the, uh, the Bill of Rights, specifically the Second Amendment. Somebody had called in to ask about that. And I was saying, you know what? Forget about the whole federal government thing. Let's just, uh, just call it a day. It's a failed experiment. Uh, when you talk to people and you ask them the question, well, what exactly does the federal government do for you? What is it that you value them for? Safety. They have a real tough time. A lot of people have a real tough time answering that question. They protect America. That's usually what will eventually come up is, like, well, there's the military. It's like, well, wait a minute. The military's all over the rest of the world stirring up conflict. So they're not exactly doing much to protect you. In fact, you could argue they're doing the opposite because if they're in other parts of the world killing people, then that's probably going to create more terrorists in the future. It was military intervention and military the military uh, the United States using the military to back up foreign dictators that was stated, among other things, within the 9-11 uh, attackers. Osama bin Laden. Yeah, the Osama bin Laden's mm-hmm. uh, manifesto thing. So, I mean, if you presume Osama bin Laden was behind 9-11 and whatever, I don't care to, uh, to have the conversation. But if we assume all this premise, then the military, as it is used by the politicians, people that we call liars and thieves, because you can – have all the accolades you wish to have for the military, and that's fine and dandy, but you can never forget for whom they work and how you feel about the, their bosses. A team is only as good as the director, and the director of the military are the 535 drunken sailors in Washington, D.C. Well, we can still support the troops without supporting their mission, Mark. I'm not sure how one does it, but that's what I, that's what they're told. That's what I'm told. And let's just go ahead and say that. No one wishes for peace. as So I've been told, as it has been written uh, in the past, no one wishes for peace more than the soldier. If that is true, let's stop supporting the ways that these guys die. 
So if you want to join the discussion, you're welcome to. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. Was there more that you wanted to share out of that story out of Saudi Arabia, or do we pretty much cover the You pretty uh, much covered it. There's like two, uh, one and a half more paragraphs, but it's not. It basically just reiterates. Um, So I know, Mark, you had another story that you wanted to share with us about Navy SEALs, and they had a corrupt... What a corrupt official of some chief. sort, the chief that they tried to turn turn in. Yeah, that's a guy that's uh, a non commissioned officer in the Navy. In this case, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, wbur.org, the article here. Uh, Navy SEALs reported their chief for war crimes. They were told could threaten their careers. Navy this is Seal- how politics works, boys. This is how politics works, mm-hmm. and the the military is a political organization and if navy seals are reporting you for killing chances are good you're way overboard right these are these are the guys whose job it is to kill and i imagine they get a little um but only who they're ordered to kill callous to it i understand well but they're not people aren't ordered to kill individuals people are ordered to they have a, a a directive and they fit things within that directive sure and what we've seen over and over again is sometimes people that you know the American public would like to not see it with fit within a directive do, and they die too, and that's unfortunate. But let's go on with the story here. Uh, Navy SEALs turned in their leader, the chief, for war crimes. He faces murder charges. We go inside the secret culture of America's elite warriors. Let's see, right here, sorry, it... Uh, This is a hard decision. The ethical culture of any complex organization requires dutiful work and strong leadership, and thankfully our special operations forces have that. And there's a sincere and strong commitment to building and driving an ethical culture within this community from the very senior leadership through the ranks. However, I worry about the damage done to ethical culture of our military and especially special operations, SOCOM, when we politicize these cases and make them yet uh, one more football in our culture wars. Yes, absolutely. On one hand, every individual is innocent until proven guilty. That's certainly the case here. And we must respect the military legal process and allow the case to play out. On the other hand, we can also uh, not stack the deck against those who are willing to speak out about what they believe was wrong. Ian, this this story has has changed since I read it. Where where is it? Where is it? uh, It's from WBUR. Okay. Is it public radio? Do they have the edits in there? Sometimes they'll edit stories. And they'll they'll mark it as such. Yeah, this is say last updated down yeah, at the bottom something or something like that. Like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, what were you? What, changed you, what did you think it was? I mean, what were well, you? Expecting? I had read a story previously where um, they had talked about the 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 Navy SEALs turning in their chief and then facing re- ramifications for it, and mm-hmm. uh, you know being prepared to, to to face the ramifications. They believed so strongly in what happened that they were willing to do it, but. The page has changed since I put that in my show prep. What do you think happened? Memory hole? I don't know. Um, is it still, this is an editorial piece? Was it always an editorial piece? It sounds like an opinion piece. The no, way it's The way it you're wasn't. reading it. But that's what it is now, right? Yes. It sounds like an Okay. It, like somebody's comments have been popped in on it. I'm, uh, it says here, I just uh, found another story on it. Fox News, President Trump on Saturday announced that Navy SEALs Eddie Gallagher's accused of war crimes in Iraq will be moved to less restricted confinement, apparently in response to a push by Republican lawmakers advocating for Gallagher. In honor of his past service we support to, war crimes. to our country, Navy SEAL <laughs> Eddie Gallagher will be moved to a less restrictive confinement while he waits his day in court. Process should move quickly. Trump said, 
I wonder if they have to take one of those ethical questionnaires before they get the job. Like, hundred, like, you know, would you turn in your Navy commander if you found out that he was committing war crimes? And then if you if, if you check yes on the box, then you don't get you the don't get it. Usually, the military is good about uh, you know. St- sounding like pretending they're yeah. for these things you know mm-hmm. they they you know you don't have to obey an unlawful order well how do we're shocked and appalled <laughs> at this how does somebody know that whether they're dealing with a lawful order or not well did they That's get the order from opinion. the commanding officer right. it's a lawful order right <laughs> gallagher who's facing premeditated murder and aggravated assault charges stemming from the alleged killing of an injured isis prisoner and alleged instances of him intentionally firing sniper rounds at civilians whoa he spent six months of detention at the naval consolidated brig in miramar Trump's tweets come amid a uh, growing push from Republican lawmakers for better treatment for Gallagher. Well, it's definitely true that people who are accused of a crime should not be treated particularly poorly. So I'll agree with that much. Uh, but the toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free to bring up anything that you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And we have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. Hop into one of those. We'll jump you on the air here, and you'll sound like you're sitting here in the studio with us tonight. It's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. And also want to make sure that you know about Bitcoin.com. It is the premier site for everything Bitcoin Cash related. Bitcoin.com can help you choose a Bitcoin Cash wallet, buy some Bitcoin Cash, show you where you can spend your Bitcoin Cash. You can also read the latest news or engage with the community on their forum. Plus, you can play games with your Bitcoin Cash through Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. And Mark, you and I are planning on going to the Bitcoin.com home offices. In, yeah, it's going to be fun. In Tokyo this week, which uh, should be interesting. I have never been... Anywhere outside of this continent, basically, North America. I went to the Bahamas once as a kid. So. That's the continent. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's not connected, so it's not technically the continent, is it? Yes. All the islands are considered the continent as well? Sure. So continents rest on shelves. It, it, this isn't the easiest question to answer, Ian, so I, I can understand why you have some confusion. I'm not going to try to make you look stupid in this one this time. Um, so, for instance... That's okay, because I'm not stupid. I'm just ignorant. Okay. Um, if you want to make a distinction there, that's fine. There is a distinction. I've always made a distinction. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, smart people tend to make the distinction between stupidity and ignorance. Thanks. However, stupid is as stupid does. So, um, the, if you think about Europe and Asia, for instance, what distinguishes Europe and Asia from being a different continent? I don't know, but I've never figured out stupid is as stupid does. Like it's, if you do stupid things, you're stupid. Oh, okay. So Forrest Gump always said that. I could never really like make heads or tails. Story, of what Forrest it meant. Gump didn't do stupid things, although he was pretty clearly stupid. Hmm. He he was intended to uh, you know show you the difference in the statements in the statement. Ah, okay. So Forrest Gump would be considered a smart person because of the success he had in life. However, he uh, you know obviously had some mental processing issues. Sorry, so, so you were saying about uh, shelves and continents and such? Right. So if you look at Europe and Asia, mm-hmm. they are one landmass. And honestly, Africa's one landmass, too. Just because they put the Suez Canal in there, you could walk from South Africa to uh, the Bering Straits, right? I don't know where that is. Okay. Um, 
All right. This you, is all one landmass. You were talking about shelves. Right. <laughs> shelves. Is that the like the the kind of the earth that's underwater, basically? Is that the idea? Right. So there's different ways to just determine how many continents there are. Some mm-hmm. people say that Australia isn't a continent. Some people say it's part of the continent of Oceania, which is part of, which mm. includes all those little islands New that Zealand. are around it. Yeah. The difficulty there is distinguishing where the line is between Oceania Asia and Asia. And Asia. And it gets it's it's not the easiest question to answer. It's it's a murky subject as so to what, a what you're saying is. is the continents don't have anything to do with the water. Not really. Ah, see, I never knew that. Most islands are attributed to some continent or another, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. all of them. I imagine Bermuda, for instance, which kind of sits in the middle of the Atlantic, is just kind of considered this anomaly that isn't on huh. a continent. Somebody's going to correct What about me. Hawaii? It's kind of way out there. Yeah, I, was, I would I say was that's probably true. Too. Yeah. I don't, I don't have an answer. I, I mean, know. it's way out there, right? It's pretty much the, it's one of the ones that's in the middle of nowhere. Right. Like all the other Polynesian islands, there's a, a landmass, a large landmass nearby mm-hmm. that you can kind of associate it with. But not Hawaii. It's just, it's like few little rocks in the middle of nowhere hmm. with nothing really nearby. The uh, So some people will say there's as few as three continents. And some people will say there's as, there's quite a few, uh, more than 12. So the people that say three, they're putting Asia together with Europe since it's all contiguous, basically? Afro-Eurasia. Mm-hmm. The Americas. Mm. Uh, America. So all of North and South America together. It's attached, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so America and Antarctica. Wow. Those okay. are the three continents. Keep it simple. By those people's standards. And uh, then Australia is just an island. Okay. All right. Interesting. So if you want to join us here, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. So you, were, um, you found the story that you had thought that you lost or did lose temporarily. What's, what's right. going on with this website? I was very frustrated with the way this story was treated on the WBUR. You sure it wasn't website. just you? I, re- I read this story previously. I, I couldn't tell you but what happened. They added comments to the top part of the article. So you found the, the story that you had read previously. Where was it? Yeah, um, on the same page. Oh, downwards, page. down towards the bottom of the uh, the page, basically? Right. It's You had to scroll down a little bit past the new commentary, which is like, see. don't listen to the facts of this because it's bad to politicize, hmm. is what the, the basically the commentary was saying. It's dangerous to politicize these things. From the New York Times, Navy SEALs were warned against reporting their chief for war crimes, stabbing a defenseless teenage captive to death, picking off school age, a school-age girl and an old man with a sniper's, from a sniper's roost, indiscriminately spraying neighborhoods with rockets and machine gun fire. Navy SEAL commandos from Team 7's Alpha Platoon said they'd seen their highly decorated platoon chief commit shocking acts in Iraq, and they had spoken up hmm. repeatedly. But the frustration grew as months passed and nothing happened. They saw no sign of official action. Tired of being brushed off, seven members of the platoon called a private meeting with their troop commander in March uh, 2018, a naval base in uh, Coronado. So you said it was the You're chief saying, who saying. they were, uh, who was the psycho? Right. So he is... He's just above the troops, but not above the he's commander. He's enlisted, mm-hmm. uh, is my understanding is what a, what a chief is. I don't think he's okay. a warrant officer, which is a sort of middle thing in between in the Navy. It's only in the Navy. Hmm. So um, the, what they did is they went to the commander, the officers, to talk about this guy and had a secret meeting. Who's uh, Sorry, I'm not familiar with structure either. He, the, the, uh, off, he's above the chief, the, the guy they had the meeting with? The commander, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. um, officers are gentlemen. Sure. Enlisted men are the dregs of humanity. Warrant officers are 
people in between that have been drug up the the better of the dregs is is the way it is. Remember, mm-hmm. the structure was put together in France long before the United States existed. Okay, so um, you know they're, they're the serfs. Uh, the submen are the serfs. So they went above their commander's head to have mm-hmm. the secret. He's not mission. a commander. Okay, you wouldn't use that terminology to describe chief. a chief. Okay, so right. he's just a head enlisted man. Got it. But he like still they, he still can command them because he's above them. Yes, but you wouldn't use the term commander. Okay. Commander is a rank, it's a rank. Okay, in the gotcha. Navy that is an officer. Tired of being brushed off, seven members of the platoon called a private meeting. Sorry, going on. Um, the New York Times said they gave him the bloody de- they they gave him the commander the bloody details and asked for a formal investigation. But instead of launching an investigation that day, the troop commander and his senior enlisted aide, both longtime comrades of the accused platoon leader, Special Operations Chief Edward Gallagher, warned the seven platoon members that speaking out could cost them and their careers, hmm. uh, and others their careers, according to the report. A motion filed Tuesday in California. This goes on. This is another report from the uh, Navy Times on it. Tuesday in Colorado, uh, California threatens uh, to derail the entire war crimes case against Special Warfare Operator Chief Edward uh, Gallagher. Drafted by Gallagher's civilian defense attorney, uh, it paints a portrait of stonewalling prosecutors refusing to turn over evidence that could clear the embattled chief and a federal cop who allegedly went rogue by cherry-picking witnesses and statements uh, to salvage a rickety case. Rather than conduct a proper investigation in search of the truth, the agent began with a predetermined conclusion and went about, went about finding evidence to support that conclusion mm while ignoring or suppressing anything that conflicted with the narrative. So you've got seven guys, seven Navy SEALs, right? These were the SEALs, who saw this psychopath shooting at children, was it, with a sniper rifle? A variety of things, but a young girl was shot. Yeah. Um, Shooting at innocent civilians with a sniper rifle, among other things. Firing rockets into neighborhoods. They went to a, uh, you know, they went to their higher-ups, reported it, and they were basically told, look, just keep quiet or else. Right. This will mark a sea change in the sea service's clandestine and close-knit cadre of SEALs, a secretive and elite military force that rarely testifies against each other, especially in war crimes probes attracting an international audience. But Gallagher faces a long line of SEALs prepared to provide damning testimony under oath against him. One of the members of Gallagher's unit, Alpha Platoon. So they pressed ahead, even though the com- the commander guy right. said, "All right, we're going to ruin your career if you if you don't you know if you don't stop this, you're going to get in trouble." They were they kept ahead. They kept part going. of me thinks he must have done something else to them, right? Because if they're always lining up rank and file, he must and and you know I would say that based on some of the WikiLeaks videos that this doesn't seem it's not uncommon, not uncommon, yeah. that he must have done something to them outside of that that Could offended be. them more greatly than you know just than shooting friends. children. Well, I understand how that would, you know, that looks to us, but as a Navy SEAL, that's a possibility, a, a right? Area? Like yeah. maybe the uh, the thing is, is that Gallagher's the one good SEAL in a platoon of a holes, and he turns against them. He somehow he strokes the brethren in the wrong way, and they're willing to say anything to get him thrown away. And that's a possibility. Yeah, could I'm be. not even saying he's a good guy. I'm saying he did something to offend them more greatly than the, the ordinary. Yeah, who knows what the, the other possibility are, yeah. is? Is that he's such a flaming lunatic? That even Navy SEALs who, uh, you know, probably have seen their fair share of horrifying things happen in war were shocked by these war crimes. 855, 450 free, free talk live. Don't you hate that feeling in the pit of your stomach when the police pull you over? Most people have no idea how to handle it properly and they promptly get fed into the municipal fee generating meat grinder. 
Or maybe you recall that feeling you get when you go to the mailbox and see one or more letters from the IRS. You get a sense of impending doom, don't you? So let me ask you, if you could learn how to use the law to beat the IRS, traffic tickets, almost any courtroom scenario, collectors, credit card debt, and even mortgage debt because of fraud perpetrated against you, would that be worth knowing about? Don't laugh. Investigate. Check out the life-changing benefits of the Lighthouse Law Club at their website, lighthouselaw.club. That's lighthouselaw.club. And while you're at it, visit the Lighthouse Law Club YouTube channel. You might be in for a pleasant surprise. It is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the show, Live uh, live Sunday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, talking about some um, corruption uh, within the military. And, you know, just some has been revealed. I'm sure there is a, a bunch more that has you know, never been shown the light of day. Uh, but in this case, it is a commanding officer or a chief Chief. In the Navy, Naval chief. Uh, he's a chief of the Navy SEALs. Not an he's an enlisted man. Yep, but he's ranked higher than the the lowly SEAL. Right. right? So a sergeant is higher than uh, a private. He's right? the equivalent of that, right? For the right. So there's about five different types of sergeants. There's E one through nine. Okay. E stands for enlisted, and there are nine ranks uh, that that are a possibility. It's like a pay scale. How does, how does nine murder. equal five? I'm going to tell you. Okay. This is like crazy military stuff, so let's hear I it. I don't think it is. There are three types of privates. Okay. So E1 through 3. Hmm. There's a corporal or a specialist. Does the 1 through 3, are they higher? is a 3 higher rank than a 1, or are they all just like, they do different things but on the same level? No. They're, well, each one of these is higher than the other. and can I tell see. the other what to do. Is presuming. 3 higher than 1? Yes. Okay, got it. Uh, a, a three is a private first class. I can tell you the Army stuff a little better than mm-hmm. I can the Navy. Sorry, Navy guys. I'm doing my best here, okay? Um, the I don't have anything sitting in front of me to tell me all this stuff. And then the warrant officer thing gets even crazier after that. And I don't really – I couldn't even speak to that. So the uh, there's E1 through 3. There's E4, which is a specialist or a corporal. And then E5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I believe E9 is a honorary position, not really a real position, if that makes sense. Mm. But I could be wrong on that one. Maybe it's e, maybe that's that e, special E10 or something. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Now, where's the sergeant? Sergeants are everything from five to nine. I thought the corporal was five. The corporal's four? Corporal's four. Okay, got it. So this guy so was that's a, how there's four. a chief. Uh-huh. So he's anywhere from an E5 to an E9. Got it. And it sounds like he was in the military for a long time. And thus could be E6 or E7. And so for those just tuning in, this guy in the Navy SEALs, this chief, was allegedly doing some pretty horrific things. Mark, can you uh, recap briefly? He was allegedly shooting at uh, children and sur- civilians with a sniper rifle? Well, I'm going to get this uh, this big thing here. Two other Navy petty officers, uh, SEAL petty officers, told investigators Gallagher bragged about slaying 10 to 20 people a day on deployment. So that's a pretty... Yeah, a pretty bold a claim. Now, obviously, he's not saying I killed innocents and civilians, but that's what the 
many uh, several of the Navy SEALs, a, a large handful of Navy command, SEAL commandos from uh, Team 7's Alpha Platoon said that they saw their highly decorated platoon chief commit shocking acts in Iraq. They spoke up immediately. Their commanding officer told them, hey, your career is going to be on the line. Um, they, they felt that this uh, situation where he had been uh, shooting, in one case, a, uh, a little girl, uh, let's see, um, shooting an old man, a young girl, and a violent spree that prosecutors uh, contend might have uh, claimed hundreds of lives, where he fired rockets and other wow. explosive I heard machine things. guns the first time you read through it. Machine, machine guns, guns and rockets into a, a town. Some people in the military will tell you that these guys are not uncommon, that there are people who just are bloodthirsty, bloodlusting individuals who know they can get away with murder, and that's why they join the military. I've heard from more than one person telling me that. I believe that. So this guy could just be typical, and well, which is why you asked the question, maybe oh, he did something typical. to... Maybe he did something to these seven troops to piss right. them off. Yeah, I, again, I, I agree with Mark. I wouldn't say he's typical necessarily. But How about not uncommon? Not, un- it's not, yeah, uncommon. not uncommon that someone would do the type of things that he did and not be, you know, persecuted. I guess not prosecuted yet, but persecuted by his uh, subordinates as much as this guy without doing something else to offend them. You know, and, and I, I wouldn't even care to speculate what yeah. that is. Stabbing the. De- de- Stabbing to death a defenseless teenage captive, oh my. Uh, picking off a school-age girl, an old man from a, and an old man from a sniper's roost, indiscriminately spraying neighborhoods with rockets and machine gun fire. Now, just think about it. These guys were working with this guy for whatever period of time, long enough to come up with this laundry list of things that he had. They never stepped in to grab him and put him in handcuffs and say, "Whoa, you can't be stabbing that teenager to death." As hey, he buddy. Fu- Stop. As soon as he makes the first step, whoa, we didn't think you were serious about that. You know, whoa, hold him back. As he's firing uh, rockets into right. a neighborhood. I mean, they, they just stood there and just let him do it. Ah, that's just Gallagher. Let him go. Well, I I don't know what, uh, what they were thinking at any given time. They don't have a particular response. These guys stepped up. And eventually. At, at, this point, at this point, no other Navy SEAL in history has ever done what these guys did. They're still to my mind, heroes for mm. having stepped up and trying to hold some... Well, what they're doing is is they're they're putting a yardstick out there and saying, our career is that of, uh, you know, America's heroes. And we're not going to have this guy sullying our name. And I think that that's a, you know, that's, that's a well, bold they and had it thing for a done. long time, apparently. They had him sullying their name for however many weeks or years or whatever it is that he was By the sounds being of a it, psycho. it was acceptable. Yeah, his well, commanding officer said, his commanding officer, their commanding officer said, you guys could lose your careers over this. Are you prepared to continue on with this? I think bringing it to the light of day sullies their name because otherwise we wouldn't have heard of it at all. Sure. And they would still be in the public eye heroes to you know the vast majority of the American I don't public. think that there's uh, this – honestly, I don't think this changes anything uh, about most people's view because this is a bad apple. If If you've got seven Navy SEALs stepping up to testify against you, you're a bad apple. But – um, you know, I don't think the average American is going to have a particular problem with the SEALs over this. I think this is uh, what they're, they're doing what they had to do. No, I don't think you're right. I don't think the average American is going to have a par- problem with them. They will look at them as, oh, well, thank goodness they turned that guy in. After he murdered however many countless people that they Hundreds witnessed him do it and did nothing to stop him. Were they there were seven of them. There were seven of them. Yeah, but they aren't always in the same place at the same time. 
Okay. Well, they can be in the same place at the same time, and they could have done something about it, but they didn't until later. Well, how many would it take to subdue him, you know, as he's, again, indiscriminately firing One bullet rockets. would take care of it. Okay. That's right. But then they got some splaining to do if they end up with a dead body on their hands. Right, especially their, uh, you know, the guy who's in charge of them. Do they not have handcuffs? Is there not like well, somebody they can... you see what happens when they go to the boss, though. Mm-hmm. The boss says, hey, guys, you could lose your careers over this. I think that there's an endemic... Well, maybe they could. ...in special forces. Special forces is an organization... The problem's the military, ...more than period. most, more than most in the military designed to kill. Mm-hmm. So when yep. somebody goes in there and they kill and kill well, when killing is their business and business is fine... Get a promotion. ...as it were, a business is good depending on your, uh, your genre of music... Um, then, well, then there's the expectation that people are just going to kill. Well, sorry, you shouldn't have messed with the seals. You should have just done whatever. I'm going to go to the phones here. Was there one more like point that you wanted that was, to share? No, I've got I've got through what I wanted to say. All right, let's go to Matthew in Louisiana, watching on YouTube. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. So y'all discussed two possibilities uh, before you went to that uh, interminable news break. Uh, then there's the third possibility. And that is that your news source is misleading you. Who's your news source for this story? Well, WBUR, it, right? Okay, so it uh, it's, well, that's that's the uh, page, but it aggravates, uh, or excuse me, aggregates. So Navy Times, uh, New York Times, WBUR, Navy Times, Fox News. BUR it's, is okay. an NPR station in Boston. I, I heard the, and the only reason I know anything about this at all is I heard during my periodic Treks on the uh, listening to Sean Hannity's show, radio show. Incredible source. Hoping that he was talking about something I might be interested in two weeks ago, and he had on the the the, the senior chief's lawyer, who says that the entire story that's being put out is basically, you know, a load of bovine uh, scatology. So this well, guy they're going to have to have some evidence, right? This guy came on national radio and called uh, seven. Navy SEALs, liars. Is that what he did? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. It could that, be. That's what we're dealing with here. When the Trump Actually, administration... What he said was then that they were liars so much as what... The news media is reporting isn't what they actually said. Stand by, Matthew. Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Or maybe it's what Richie suggested, and that is the seven guys were the ones that were doing the crimes, and maybe this one guy tried to stop them. Who knows? We're coming up here. Free Talk Lab. What's the evidence? Free Talk Live. Dial toll free. Join us here. The number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms. You can join those over at discord.lrn.fm. And here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Richard Rich. And Mark. All right, let's uh, continue here. Our caller actually unfortunately dropped off the line there. Uh, We were talking about these... Uh, this conflict between seven Navy SEALs and their chief. Chief. They are That's the best term to go Saying with. that he is a psycho who is killing innocents, murdering them with knives hundreds. sniper rifles. And uh, now his lawyer saying, no, wasn't me. Hannity. Uh, yeah, I didn't do it. Uh, at least that's what our last caller said. Unfortunately, he dropped off the line. 
But, uh, of course, it does lead to the question of, well, what is the evidence? I mean, these uh, seven guys saying something isn't necessarily evidence, right? It could be a conspiracy against the chief. Yeah. I don't know that you can, um, as the media, propose to get the evidence. The evidence is the testimony of seven Navy SEALs. Unfortunately, yeah, that's it. It's testimony. Who served, quote-unquote, with this man for years Mm -hmm. and saw how he behaved. So to call seven Navy SEALs um, liars and one Navy SEAL, an innocent man uh, besmirched by the system. Could be true. It could be true. Just because a bunch of women come out and say, Bill Cosby raped me, doesn't necessarily mean that it was true. Well, in Bill Cosby's case, not to say... I don't know what happened. I presume if enough people that to me it's the preponderance of the evidence when when more people come and more people come. But how is it evidence if someone says a thing? That's not real evidence. Yeah, yes, it is. That is evidence. It's testimony it's is evidence. evidence. It may not be hard evidence like you want to see. Well, right. Witness but it is testimony evidence. is notoriously unreliable. You know whether you went to Bill Cosby's house. Mm-hmm. It's not like he, they ended up at somebody else's house getting molested by somebody else. So, yes, that's true, but you're not talking about identification here. You're talking about the recollection of things happening. And when, I don't know how many, but several young women believe something happened and they keep piling on. But in Bill Cosby's case, you're talking about a rich guy who has an estate that can be sued. When you're talking about the master chief of your your platoon, they've got nothing to get. Like, there's no reason to. Well, they want to put him away. They maybe they, want to maybe put they him don't away. like him. Well, well, and they're putting their careers on the line, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do like him. Maybe they're just saying that he's a psychopath. We don't know. We don't know. There's no way to know. But it, it, when you're using the Cosby analogy, I just want to remove the one mm-hmm. thing is, is what appears to be gain. These gentlemen have nothing to gain. He's never Get a new go- commander. Get a new uh, chief. They already have a new commander. Really? They could refuse to testify at this time. Hmm. They could say... Sorry, I bumped my head and I've forgotten everything. But they continue on. They've already got their new commander. If they want a new commander, they've already got it. Mm-hmm. They could have got this guy ousted. They could have done a variety of things to get away. Mm. They chose not to do that. I presume they're putting their careers on the line. These guys are not going to move forward. They've now testified against somebody who's in charge of them. I said command. I keep saying commanding officer. It's just not accurate. Um, Chief. Yeah, they're, they're, they keep, they're testified against their chief. They are not going higher. This guy was decorated and decorated and decorated while being in charge of these guys. They know that they are basically giving it all up hmm. by testifying. They not only don't have gain, there's loss in what they're doing. Let's talk to Larry. He's in Louisiana. Larry, you're, where are you, by the way, in Louisiana tonight? Larry, in Louisiana. Listening on the radio somewhere. Hello, Larry. Going once. Larry going twice. Well, we're going to put Larry back on hold. Maybe there's a technical difficulty on his end. We will uh, check back with him maybe after the board op sees if he's actually still on the line. So because so, they're losing, you you generally believe their testimony. Like as you read the article and, and we discuss it. Yeah, my, my general belief is is that they are uh, doing it. They, there's certainly a number a percentage of people who end up in special force and people, a percentage of people who end up in the military because they want to kill. Sure. All right. One would. What percentage, though? I don't know, but I've met them. I've heard it's fairly high. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't propose to know. 
everybody I say in the military uh, that has been in the military basically says that it's more or less people who didn't have anything to do after high school. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, my close friend, joined, uh, I think it was Air Force, basically because he needed to get out of his little podunk hometown mm-hmm. and was tired, tired of managing Taco Bell. Right. So there's a percentage, and I would presume that that percentage is relatively low. I would hope it is in the low single digits of people who go into the military to kill. Of those people that go in to kill, I would think if they are sufficiently motivated that that motivation would get them through the special operations school, which is difficult and large part made for people who have to kill. So, you know, if you're passionate about your job, you're going to you're going to do better. And so I would think that, yeah, there are some people that are in special forces that are there to kill. I think there are also some people that have seen enough of it and only want to see the people killed that deserve killing. Well, and then who makes that determination? The politicians. Each person for themselves. No, no the, the politicians, politicians do. With politicians the military. don't stand there. And then they tell them what to do, and the military people do it. Otherwise, they go to the brig. Now, they do make the determination of whether or not to follow the orders. So they do have the choice to not follow what they consider to be bad orders, but then then the whole military is going to turn against them and they're going to be on the outs. Politicians send the troops into places they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And then politicians give orders, like these broad arching orders, uh, you know, as far as operations go and when they're supposed to shoot and when they're not. But that's where they stop. The troops themselves determine whether or not to shoot, you know, the little a, girl, the old man. The little girl, the old man, and, and things like that. In some cases, I can see it. In some cases, the little girl and the old man needs a shooting. But, uh, you know, you probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. If you're in somebody else's land shooting them, you're probably the invader, not the defender. Mm-hmm. And this is the Department of Defense we're talking about. Well, that's what I'm telling you. These soldiers will go over into other people's lands, and they will kill people who they don't know. On the say-so of politicians, the politicians tell their commanding officers and the commanding officers tell them. It's very rare that a soldier will deny those orders. It's very rare that a soldier will say, you know what, it's against my beliefs of the Constitution to go outside of the United States in any way, shape, or form. So therefore, everything that you've ordered me to do is unconstitutional. I will be refusing to follow those orders. Almost never do you hear about those soldiers. I don't disagree with the statement you're making. So I agree with the statement you're making. However, do you understand that there's a spectrum between people who are willing to uh, follow the orders that they've been given to go to foreign mm-hmm. countries to prosecute a war that they've been told by the media and told by the politicians yep, and told duped. by everybody yep. uh, is, they is a good idea. believe it as well. And then somebody who just hangs out of a helicopter with a 50 cal spraying a neighborhood. Like there's a difference between those <laughs> It's not those that people. much of a difference, but there, there is, is a, a difference. difference. I'll give you that there is a difference, but there's not that much of a difference. You're well, still killing innocent people. This, this psychopath shocked Navy SEALs. Yeah. And that's probably Allegedly. tough to do. Right. So well, no, the Navy SEALs say they were shocked. That's what they say. So, but they, they weren't that shocked for a long time. Then they finally did something about it. A after court will never years. determine whether or not somebody's shocked or not. Okay, so the Navy SEALs get to say whether they were shocked or not. The toll-free number here: eight fifty-five four fifty-three. How many innocent people had to be bloodily murdered by this psychopath before they finally decided they were shocked enough to say something about it? Eight fifty-five four fifty-three. I'm not calling these people heroes. Not for a moment, Mark. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can bring up anything that you want here. This is Free Talk Live and the Live Sunday Edition. 
Are you concerned that liberty, free market economics, and the values that made America great are no longer taught in schools? Well, so am I. So I got my son the Tuttle Twins children's book series. My name is Jack, and I'm 11 years old, and I just started the Tuttle Twins. So far, I have learned that some people can use the government to ruin the economy and destroy people's businesses. Give all the young people in your life a chance at reason and clear thought, because they're not going to get it at school. There are nine books in the series, and each one teaches a set of ideas that children aren't getting elsewhere. Go to TuttleTwins.com and use coupon code FTL to get 40% off. Again, that's TuttleTwins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free. The live Sunday edition continues here. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We've got the Discord on-air call-in line rooms. They're open and available to you over at discord.lrn.fm. As we continue here with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Richard Rich. And Mark. Let's go to the phones. To the fun, Sarah is in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. There's a, a communist party meeting uh, once a month here in Albuquerque. Um, supposed to tune in. So who buys the donuts? Really to... What? Who buys the donuts? Everyone. I, I have I have I have never went there before, so I have no idea what they have. Hmm. Are yeah. you going to go? Because so, I would love a report. I would like to go, but. Uh, it might be in the evening, so you know. I, I, if I have hard time, if I have to be on the bus after dark, you know, after five o'clock, forget it. You know, that's why? What's wrong with the bus after dark? It's dangerous. Smokers well, this everywhere. This is Albuquerque. This is Albuquerque, man. You know, I mean, get um, a gun. What's happened to you? Wait, wait. What is? Has something happened to you the on the bus? Side of town. No, I mean, if you run around after dark. It's, uh, all kinds of stuff happens, you know, all the, um, it's real dangerous after dark. Okay, but what has you know? happened to you? Has there been one specific thing that, that has occurred to you that has make, made it so you don't want to go out after dark on a bus? What has happened to me? Yeah. Um, happened to me? Um, well, I don't, well, the thing is, is that the men, the men, they think that you're wandering around trying to look for sex because you're horny or... Oh, you're getting propositioned. Wait, wait, wait. You're getting propositioned? Men are asking you to have sex with them? They harass you. They harass you. They could just rape you at the bus stop. Well, now, wait a minute. You. That's pretty unlikely, isn't it? The an, A bus stop rape? I mean, that's like right okay. by the side of the no, road. I'm going to take Sarah's side for a little bit just right. for a minute because I think this is a weird thing to say, but I think this is where your patriarchy is showing. Um, Mine? Yeah, in, in general, right? Like me, you, Mark, most men, we can walk down the street without fear of anything bad happening to us. And I think if you were to poll men versus women, more women will say that, yes, they walk down the street with fear of something bad. And it's, 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 just, it's just a thing. So Sarah has a thing where she fears being out late at night. And I want to say that is a... A feminine trait. Um, is it rational? I don't think it's rational. I don't know that rationality comes into it. Humans uh, aren't very good at statistical likelihoods. But I will say this, Sarah, what do you think about the saying that God made man and Sam Colt made him equal? 
What? What? what she people? Sam Colt God is. made man. What? what God made is. man. Sam Colt, the 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 first guy who made a handgun, basically, uh, automatic yeah. uh, wheel gun, made hit made them equal. What they're saying is is that a eleven year old girl can protect themselves against Mike Tyson if they have a handgun. Just cover your ears. No, I, I do not want to be bothered with it. A lot of people have suggested that. You know, they 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 told me that I need to get a gun, especially out here in Albuquerque. But I choose not to do it. I just carry a pepper spray. But you know okay, what? Well, is, that's something. Is, you guys, that's well, you something. You guys live in New Hampshire, so okay? You... And they have different laws. Mm-hmm. They, you just can't be at the bus stop and grab woman's butt and talk filthy. Well, they do. Has that, that happened to you? Years. I don't think you can do that here either. Wait, wait, wait. Has that happened to you? Have you had your uh, your buttocks uh, touched or grabbed by somebody, a strange person at the bus stop? Well, I've always had uh, a lot of alcoholics talk filthy, they talk nasty, and yeah. talk, talk about sex, and during daytime, morning, everything. The bus is not so, known for having the highest quality of a person who rides the bus. Maybe so somebody can, from if, the... If you were to experience that, right, would you would you be in fear at that moment? No, I'd find it amusing. <laughs> right. And I and I and I think that again, poor choice of words on my part, that is that is a, a male response to that situation. Well, whether you're going Sarah, to show up to the Communist Party meeting early when it's still light and ask for a ride. And then demand the ride that you are owed by the rest of them on it's the not way their back. property. Right, this, that, the car's just not their property. Yeah, just, just take, take the one car. Of their cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the the thing about it, what's exciting is that uh, you know, they always have these kind the, the party meetings at churches. It's like a hideout. The the church people are known, like the Unitarian Church, Unitarian. like I pointed out, mm-hmm. there's yeah, all these political things. It's a, it's a cover. Because uh, they they never, the churches never really are not known for doing revolutionary things. I thought communists so were against like the church like as well. No, they like the Unitarians. Party. Okay. No, right. but, but I, I think I'm thinking that's why you you ask uh, how come there's a bunch of atheists that are uh, left wing po- po- uh, political uh, activists that are at a church. Well, you know that explains that. the reason. Yeah, they, Mark. I mean, you mentioned that, but like, a bunch of atheists and their left wing like gun con- control Maybe activists. On a prior show. Yeah, it's, you've, it's you've talked about the Unitarians idea. previously, Mark. Yeah, the Unitarians are a bunch of leftists. There's no doubt. I've uh, been there. And, Aren't uh, there some atheists? Oh, plenty of them yeah. at a Unitarian That's church. what she's referring to. Yeah. Your I agree with it's a cover. For the communists? Yeah, but, yeah, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Even in, in Russia, when they were planning for revolution, they were having all of the meetings at the church, all of the, before the Bolshevik revolutions, because they would never, ever suspect that they would be having, uh, planning revolutions and organizing um, the meetings there. Because the, the old ladies would sit there and pray, and they would just, uh, we'll, we'll just pray to God I'm starving and I'm freezing and I'm dying of sickness, but it's okay. It's God's will, and we just pray to the Lord, and that's how they were. That, and that's the reason why communists are atheists. They ban uh, all religions, and that's what they would do, just sit around and pray to God. It's like, oh, it's God's will that we're starving to death, but don't rebel. And uh, that's why they have those meetings at the churches, and they were doing that, and so they're doing this. I will so, agree that many... In fact, most major religions as they exist today were codified by those in, in, in power in order to prevent those out of power from revolting. I'm with you on that. Do you even go that outside? That doesn't make the communists right. 
It just means that I agree with that point. Do you even go outside of your apartment or your house at nighttime for like a walk? Does that ever happen? No, you know, the, the men, they feel that, you know, most women that are, I hate to say it, but most people, women that are in heat or they're horny, well, you see them walking around at uh, summertime, all walking around all night long. <laughs> That's but, exactly what I do when I get married. <laughs> I, I just know. go outside and take a walk. And... Hold on. Are you talking about prostitutes or are you just talking about average women, in heat, she women said. walking around? Yes, women, women that are in heat, they do this unconsciously. During the summertime, they get in heat. They don't know why they do it, but they walk around all night long. Because they're in heat. It's this is news a, to me. I didn't. Mind. I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to start walking around at night to see if I can find some of these women. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call, well, Sarah. You know that's exactly what? the reason why I get targeted. You want to talk about? They, if I walk so the men think night, you're in heat. The men think you're yeah, in heat because I, you're out I, walking I'm around at night. Is that's this right, wow? That's right. that's I gotta right. say, I learned something new here tonight. You didn't learn anything. Sorry. That's some deep-seated biological responses, if that's true in any form or fashion. Thanks for the call tonight, Sarah. I definitely appreciate it. Steve is in. Uh, Stephen is in. Uh, excuse me, Indiana, listening online. Go ahead, Stephen. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, yes, I just two comments. Um, I did twenty-five years in the Navy. I was a GMM. I was connected to the SEAL team a lot of times. What is that? Um, you did twenty-five what, years. What was the rank? Twenty-five years. Yes. Yes, sir. How old are you? And uh, huh? How old are you? I'm 65. Stand by, Stephen. We're going to give you a chance here to uh, tell the story. Sounds sound a little younger than that, but uh, you know, you never know what people that how old, how old they are. Uh, so Stephen's going to tell us about uh, his time in the military and uh, probably tie it into the psychopath chief in the Navy SEALs we were talking about earlier. We're going to continue with that call here, and your calls and thoughts are also welcome. Our toll free number is eight fifty five four fifty free. It's 855-450-3733. We also have the Discord call-in line rooms where you can join us, take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. On the way, uh, the the story that we never really got to since we're talking about the military tonight, uh, last night we did nothing more than really scratch the surface of the U.S. Army looking to recruit gamers into the military. Uh, You can share your thoughts with us as well. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll-free, bring up whatever you want here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Coming up, U.S. Army recruiting video gamers. That's not new, but it's a new approach by forming an eSports team. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Richard Rich. And Mark. We also had the story earlier about the psychopath or alleged psychopath Navy SEAL Chief who has been alleged by seven of his underlings uh, that uh, he has been killing innocents, stabbing a teenager to death, shooting at uh, peaceful, innocent people in these faraway lands. And uh, they tried to they're trying to get him in trouble for it. And that's that's one of the things we've discussed here tonight. I think we've got Stephen on the line in Indiana, who's got a comment. We're going to get right back into uh, his call here and also want to make sure that you know about Edge wallet uh, edge wallet is the wallet that i use more than any other cryptocurrency wallet i used it tonight to pay for my dinner as a matter of fact we were uh richie you and i were out at uh, local burger here in Keene, and uh, i paid with dash through my edge wallet you can use edge to buy sell trade and securely hold your cryptocurrencies they've got it for ios and android you can go to the ios or android play store or app store 
And, of course, go to Edge's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom. You can store uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ethereum tokens, Bitcoin Cash, Monero, Dash, Ripple, Stellar, and many more. Go to edge.app and get your Edge wallet. As we go back to Stephen in Indiana. Stephen, you said you spent 25 years in the military. Go ahead with uh, your comments. What what branch was it? Okay. Uh, U.S. Navy. All right. Okay. Um, well, I just have two comments. Uh, I was a GMM, and I dealt with uh, many uh, SEAL teams, and they are elite, and they have their own, you know, petty officer clubs, and I uh, had to deal with their ammunition, and every time they came back from their training or uh, in the bush somewhere, uh, they'd always say, oh, man, I forgot to give you the, uh, the, you know, the rounds expenditure. So uh, it got so bad that I went to Captain's Mouth, and I did three months because of their uh, actions. You went where? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you back off your phone a little bit? It's uh, distorting a little bit there. Okay. What What did you say? Okay, I, I, uh, I had to do messages for all the ammunition that they uh, used on their uh, – uh, training or whatever, and uh, they'd always come back and say, "Oh man, I forgot." Uh, so you didn't know how many you know, rounds uh, they were expending during their training, right? Exercise. And then they, okay. uh, and then it got so bad that uh, I had to go to cabin's bath, and I was in the brig for three months. But I still couldn't I make out what he it. said there. He had to do a what, and then he went to the brig. Accounting mess. I, I had oh. to make out uh, a, a message to send to uh, where all the ammunition is. Uh, documented okay you were like covering for their bad information right yeah all the rounds that they use uh crane indiana i have to send a message to but i can never do that because they never gave me the information so i went to the brig for three months got out what was the reason sorry what was the reason for sending you to the brig i'm not i'm not following how their lack of uh information because uh she's because they weren't they weren't giving me uh the ammunition and they were thinking hey i'm not doing my job okay so, so you were finally, being held responsible for for their lack correct. of account oh yes okay yes yeah that's you know they they want every account of every bullet and then uh secondly um i would think uh, i'm not a doctor or nothing so i don't always lunatic but uh they have to look at how many tours he's done you know in afghanistan or iraq you know i mean uh, after a while i think enough is enough I think he needs uh, mental health and uh, put in a brig. Thank you for the call tonight, Stephen. Appreciate it. Uh, Terrible terrible phone. Uh, Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. But more or less what uh, the situation was is this guy's in charge of handing out ammunition. He hands out ammunition to SEAL teams. SEAL teams shoot a lot of ammunition. They also don't take it very seriously because they go through a lot of it. It's not valuable Mm -hmm. to them. They did a poor job of accounting for their uh, ammunition. How many and, rounds did you fire during your training exercise? Right. How were they going to know? They're firing fully automatic weapons. <laughs> mm-hmm. brr, brr, you know? It's like, yeah, they just don't know. And this guy is has to take the fall because, well, they're not taking good accounting methods. It's not their job. They're not accountants. They're, they're you know, the United States' most elite killing force. Yeah. So... You know, they're not taking into account the accounting. They just throw the accountant in jail, more or less. The U.S. Army, according to CBS News, is looking beyond recruiting ads as it's trying to pitch itself to a new audience of gamers. CBS News's Tony Ducupil went to a sold-out gaming convention in San Antonio 
where Major General Frank Muth, head of the Army's recruiting command, said he's looking for the next generation of American soldiers. The reporter asked, is there something about what it takes to be a gamer today and what you're looking for for Army jobs that overlaps? Muth says, yes, it's the decision-making. It's the ability to take in a lot of information quickly and the ability to make decisions. It's about teamwork, he do, says. Do I want the regular Doritos or the spicy nacho Doritos? <laughs> do <laughs> Jolt Cola or Mountain Dew? <laughs> so are they creating their own team? Esports team. Esports team. That's so they're going right. to hire people to be in the military to go around on their team. Well, no, no, no. They've already got people in the military who want to play video games as part of their deployment. Imagine right? they do. Uh, according to the story here, more than 7,000 active duty soldiers are now competing for 30 full-time positions playing games like Call of Duty, Fortnite, and League of Legends and hoping to compete in esports tournaments across the country. I wish I was born a millennial. Last year, when we didn't make mission, we went down to the recruiters and say, okay, what can we do different, Muth recalled, and they said... Sir, first we got to get off the phones. Nobody picks it up anymore. <laughs> That's probably Too many true. Spam calls. That's know. probably true. Well, it's also a thing with like millennials and I guess Gen Z probably as well that they don't like talking on the phone. They just don't. Yeah, I converted to that. Like there was a period of time when I went, "Why would I spend all day texting you when I can wrap it up in a two-minute phone call?" Mm-hmm. And now I won't answer my phone. Really? Yep. So what changed for you? I don't know. I just I came around to the the texting phenomenon. At some point. Even though it's slower. Even though it's slower. Like, I just, I don't I don't care to pick up the phone. I, uh, phone calls are part of my job. Me too. But I've come to the notion that, at this, at this point, I basically have to set appointments to talk to people on the phone. Mm-hmm. So, they know it's me coming in and, and that kind of thing, as opposed to just picking up the phone and ringing somebody. It just doesn't work that well anymore. That got Muth thinking, game on. When he came up with is like an old school fashioned or an old fashioned television ad touched, tucked into the natural flow of the gaming environment. Muth said, quote, you know, the guys talk all the time while they're playing the games, he said. Sergeant First Class Chris Jones is leading the new esports recruiting effort. He said a lot of what he does is explain that the Army isn't all boots and bullets. He said uh, to the reporter as the two played games, quote, you could not be not only in the infantry, but you could... But you could be in cyber. We have microbiologists. We have all these different career fields that, you know, that's why we're here to tell you about it. Now, of course, as we've heard from a many a caller over the years, the Army recruiters will lie to you about uh, the things that you could do. I mean, it may be true that you could do the things that they're talking about, but there's no guarantee that you will Choice one, esports player. (laughs) Choice two, infantry. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, so what will happen, I said this yesterday and I'm going to say it again because I think this is important, is is that if you go into a recruiter's office Mm -hmm. saying, all right, I'm here to sign up, where are you Mm going to put me? Then, well, they'll say, all right, son, well, what would you like to do? I'd like to do watercolor painting, uh, I'd like to play the French horn, or, um, you know, the last possibility, I suppose you could make me sleep in a hole, a wet hole uh, with everybody else in the infantry. Well, there's not a lot of jobs in the military for esports, watercolors, and French horn players, but there's a lot of them for people to sleep in wet holes in the infantry. More meat for the grinder. Yeah, what you said yesterday, though, was that you could somehow negotiate this. You can. Is that really true, or is that just what you believe? Because I just don't buy it. I've spoken to somebody who did. Really? And what he what he did was say, I want this job. He wanted to be, be he was he cares about weather. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a meteorologist. Yeah. He said, I will be a meteorologist. 
Well, we don't have any uh, openings uh, for meteorologists. I'm not signing up for anything else. Well, we don't have any openings for meteorologists. How about you just sign up for meteorologists? If we get an opening, I'll pop you in. No. I will wait until you have a meteorologist opening. And he did. And he just waited and waited and then waited several months, and then he got the opening and off he really? went. Well, even in that, even if there's an opening, though, wouldn't he be competing with other people who wanted to fill that position? Good question. Not if he was the only, if that was his only position that he's willing to take. If you sign a piece of, you're saying they can write it on the contract that they will. They only can write accept anything the on the contract. Hmm. It's a contract. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. Ha- you don't yeah, have to sign with the, the military. One that they they can break the contract anytime they want. I don't trust those people, and you shouldn't either. I don't. I, the toll-free number is eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. I spoke to him. He went. And became a meteorologist. It's amazing. Amazing story. Uh, it's not very common. 855-450-3733. But I guess it if they're that desperate believed, for you. But he says it's not common. Well, is there anybody else that has that story? would love to hear about it. Uh, you can bring up whatever you want here. Was this Renee's old friend? Yes. Okay. We're coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to hang out with Penn Jillette? He's keynoting Freedom Fest this year. I, for one, am thrilled. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. They take a big tent approach with libertarians, conservatives, liberals, anarchists, capitalists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates, share real solutions, and converse freely. This year's theme is the Wild West, a time of liberty and opportunity, or a time of anarchy and violence. Maybe both. Go to freedomfest.com FTL and get your tickets now. Now, freedomfest.com slash FTL. Not convinced yet? Hey, I understand. It's a high-end event. Even with coupon code FTL50. Sure, you're likely to receive investment advice that'll make that sum seem paltry. But I have something special for you. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL and you'll get the five best speeches from last year for free. Call it a test drive. Do yourself a favor and go to freedomfest.com slash FTL. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Use coupon code FTL50 for a discount. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want here on this live Sunday edition of the program with you tonight. It's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. And Richie hosts his own show, The Anarchist Experience. Anarchistexperience.com. You guys did a show yesterday? Um, I did it partially last night and partially this morning. My co-host was... Uh, It's so nice to have podcasts, right? You can just record it whenever you feel like it. Yep, that was it. I was was getting tired, wanted to watch a movie and go to bed. Yeah, finish this later. Yep. My, my co-host had some parties to attend, and we weren't going to be able to connect at a reasonable hour. Cause yeah, we don't want you guys to have to do a whole show together at, in one time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, take take some time off. No, when when he's around, we do it in one shot. We rarely, I don't think we've ever split it up mm-hmm. when he's on. But when I have to do it uh, by myself, um, then yeah, I take my time, I you know hit the record button, I, I talk for a little bit, and I you know get up and grab a drink and do other things around the house, and then I go back and record some at some point together. It turns into an hour's worth of me yapping. Check him it. out. He's uh, Richie Rich over at anarchistexperience.com. That's correct. And you can uh, subscribe to a podcast there. Download it, yeah, it's everywhere. Episodes. Like I, It's on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Um, there's a uh, RSS feed somewhere out there. Excellent. So, of course, you can bring up anything that you want. You are welcome to take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. We were just discussing the military. Actually, throughout most of the show, we've been talking about military-related news stories. 
Uh, one about a psychopath, alleged psycho chief in the Navy who was shooting innocent people, stabbing a, a, a teenage boy to death in front of his cohorts, and his cohorts ended up turning him in. Uh, and now that case is developing. Also, the military forming an esports team, 7,000 in the Army, competing for 30 different uh, full-time positions. So uh, I, Esports I just, in general is taking off. Like, I'm impressed. Have you do you follow this? I, I do not follow it. I just I look at it. Uh, I forget where it was at some somewhere on the in the eastern coastal region. Um, they're building like an esports arena. There's a few of them. Okay, being, as I understand it, being built. I think there's one in Vegas being Giant built. Land parties. Basically, that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> right, but getting paid for giant land parties now in yeah. big arenas and televised events. Yeah, they had a uh, they had an episode of uh, React, which is one of the channels on YouTube, where you know they got different aged reactors reacting usually to media of some sort. But sometimes they'll play video games, and so they had um, they had like a professional gamer, like one of these esports team guys, come yeah. in, and I forget which game it was. I don't know if it was uh, Overwatch or something like that. But anyway, they brought this guy in, and it was like teens versus a pro gamer. So, you know, like teenagers generally have more time to play video games, so they tend to be better. Yeah. So, like, if, you know, if yep. we get into a game and there's a bunch of teens in there, we're probably going to get our butt right. handed to us. Oh, like noobs. Me and my buddies tried to jump in on an online game of Rocket League mm-hmm. at one point. And the this is on- a game where you're uh, in a car hitting a ball on a... Uh, like, like a soccer field. A soccer course. Basically. Okay. Right. And, you know, we're, we're just beginners. We picked up the game, had some fun with it yep. when my son was around because, like, he wanted to play it. And we got into a game with, uh, with a, a very highly ranked other guy on the other team and his i swear to god his car like never touched the ground he just pwned you he just, it was like a one-man <laughs> opera he never landed and every he just he was the only person to touch the ball wow it was amazing wow amazing to watch frustrating to play against but amazing to watch yeah it's the amazing to watch part that kind of baffles me i cannot i'm 48 years old and i've played a lot of video games yeah console uh, online you're growing up in the 80s what's that yeah you grew i grew up, up in the, the 80s. 80s and I do not understand getting on some streaming channel and watching somebody play a video game. Okay. I just don't get it. Well, I, I can understand why people do it. Go ahead. Because they don't want to play the game themselves, but they still want to see the game. They want to, maybe if it's a story-like kind of game, they want to see the story unfold. So they, kind of like a review. But more so than that, because you're seeing every bit of it if you watch the whole thing from start to finish. Um, but uh, also, there's the reaction aspect to it, to where, like, this is why PewDiePie supposedly is is a big deal, I guess, is what I've heard at least, because he's particularly reactive, right? Like, he, he'll go, ah! You know, he'll, like, he'll, he'll emote in, in sort of noticeable ways, right? Like, he'll, he'll get attention for that. And so watching the person who's playing the game react to the game it can be entertaining if the sure. person is is entertaining in their reactions. It could be that the person wants to see the game without having to pay for the game, maybe get a maybe get a taste for what the game might be like without actually having to uh you know set down and throw down 60 bucks uh, for the thing. Well, I I also had friends when I was, you know, a kid and played video games. And not all the games we played were multiplayer games. You'd sit and watch. We'd sit and watch, and and then he would play his, right? And then pass the controller to me, and I would either continue on 
or load but up. But that's my still face. different than what we're talking about here, well, right? I, like it's, it's the enjoyment you're in of the watching same the game, room right. With your friend, many of the people that you're watching on the internet, you've never met and never will meet. That's true. I th- again, I think that just might be cultural, right? Because the po- there's not a lot of multiplayer games that you do on a single TV these days. Yeah. If the personality of the person is big enough, I think you could make the argument. I did enjoy watching my friend play Crash Bandicoot back in the day. He was just so much better than I was. Sitting in the same room. Sitting in the same room. Uh, He was just so much better than I was. So you can appreciate his uh, finesse. Right. But at that point, I knew how to play the game. I knew how Mm -hmm. to at least play it poorly. Mm. And I understood, well, I couldn't get past that. It took me forever to get past that or whatever the situation was. So, you know, just picking up my son watches people play video games all the time. All video the time. games he's never played. He played with me for the very first time a couple of weeks ago, Minecraft on survival mode. But he's played the other version uh, where it's just like creative mode is what it's called, where mm-hmm. you just build, build things. Stuff. Mm-hmm. He builds lots of things. He builds all kinds of stuff. But he's you know, afraid of getting stuff, getting killed and destroyed by zombies or whatever the thing is. And I'm like, come on. Let's get this thing. We'll load it up on Daddy's computer. We'll get plenty of render <laughs> here, and uh, we're going to kill some zombies, son. And Daddy's got your back. It, he's like, well, I'll tell you who had whose back here. He, he's <laughs> like, get this thing, get that thing, put it, do this. We'll make a forge, and then now you got to pick, and you can at least cleave him in the forehead. So I wouldn't have had anything to attack the zombies with if it hadn't More been for, for that. So, uh, so I mean, you know, all of his teamwork. Yeah, well, he's, he had the skills. He understood how to do this. He reads books and books on how to make melds that he'll never make. Hmm. It's crazy. Books. Oh, yeah, they've got lots of books. Like well, physical books or yeah, online? He, Jack loves physical books, and we buy yeah. lots of them for him. When you say he'll never make because he isn't doing it now, or he has no interest in actually going through with that process? Well, I loaded that uh, game of Minecraft up, and he hasn't asked to play again. Okay. Fair enough. So would you I mean, say he's that... He's 11 years old. So would you say that your son... Does more watching of games being played versus actually playing them? Yes. Like 90-10, 80-20, 70-30? Which time, how much time is he, you know, one to the other, do you think? 50-50. So about half and half. Yeah, he plays games that he can get apps that he can get on for his uh, iPad. Mm-hmm. Major destruction and things like that. So, so he's playing iPad games, the more simple games. He's watching other people play more detailed computer games yes. on streams. Okay. And he doesn't have his own computer, or does he? He like a sit-down computer with a mouse keyboard. He has a laptop. He, I, I, I can't see why anybody would want to play a game on a laptop personally, but some people do it. Depends how good the game is. Yeah, I mean, if it's an older game, you could get away with it. But still, you got a mouse. You can't use the laptop trackpad or anything. Well, you can plug a mouse to a laptop. Right, mostly processing and graphic power. Yeah, that's true. So anyway. I guess I, I can understand it, Mark. It's just uh, it's a new it's a newer thing. It's one it's of those things thing, that, yes. uh, that younger people are really for into. A while. Twitch came out in what 2011 or something like that. I think that I don't know. Yeah, I think but it I mean, did. But then competitive they... gaming has been around, you know, since like the LAN party days, right? And it's slowly and steadily turned into. You could maybe make a career out of this. They are making they are. careers out yeah. of it. Baffles me. And the more interesting thing is, there's actually women involved uh, as well, which of course you'd never see them in a LAN party back in the you know the 1990s. It was all like, you know, skinny or overweight computer nerds who were male and they'd lugged their big monitors down to some part. I actually never went to one of these uh, back in the day. I'm really stunned. Yeah, never did. Me neither. Uh, I'm I guess a console I guess I didn't run in those circles. I was a computer guy, but I never really, you know, was going to like lug a computer over somewhere just to sit down and didn't have enough friends for a land party. <laughs> 
it w- would have been so much easier with the laptop. There you go. Uh, but I also couldn't afford any anything like a laptop back then. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. So now the U.S. military getting involved. 7,000 active-duty soldiers are competing for 30 full-time positions. Does that mean that there's 7,000 soldiers who are actually competing in games? Are they having like a massive tournament inside the, uh, the U.S. military? How what else are you going to yeah, know. know who's qualified? Right. What are your credentials, son? Yeah. <laughs> How many headshots did you get in the game? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. Our number, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord on-air call-in-line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Richie Rich. And Mark. Talking about the military, uh, specifically the Army, looking to recruit Young people, specifically gamers, by forming an esports team. They have 7,000 active duty soldiers competing to fill just 30 full time positions by playing games like Call of Duty, Fortnite, and League of Legends, ultimately hoping to compete in esports tournaments around the country with the purpose of, of course, uh, recruiting people into young, young men and women into the military. Uh, which I don't think they should do. I think they should, you know, find something productive to do with their lives. I understand why people join the military. I, at one time, considered doing it. I'm grateful that I made the decision that. not to. Yeah, the uniform is better than, like, McDonald's. Yeah, but you won't die at McDonald's, likely. You might burn your hand in a fryer or something like that, but it's not going to be, you know, likely. Don't eat too life, much of the food. Life-threatening. <laughs> right. Uh, let's go to Tom. He's in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Yeah, the House Democrats in Washington, D.C., have a slight problem about impeaching Donald Trump. And that is finding an impeachable offense yes. that they can prove he did. You see, he, They're trying. Uh, and, you know, of course, if they make it up, then, then he would say that it's a trumped-up charge. But uh, <laughs> what they need to do, instead of uh, subpoenaing Mueller and all these other guys to committees, they need to subpoena... Donald Trump to a the, like the House Oversight Committee subpoena him, and if he doesn't show up, they can impeach him for that. And if he does show up, they'll be able to impeach him for lying under oath because that's what he does, and they can count on that. Uh, they know he's going to lie about it because that's, that's what he's all about: is one lie after another. Well, they still have that, to prove it somehow. But they they'll be able to prove it, and it's. See, because even if they impeach him, then it goes over to the United States Senate, and it's the Republicans in charge of the Senate. So it has to be a valid, you know, you've got to have some proof there to get past the senators. And some of them, of course, you, you know, it's worse than the uh, fully informed jury because they don't care how strong the evidence is. They're Republicans, so they're going to acquit him anyway. And if it's a Democrat being impeached, and it's a Democratic Senate. They don't care how strong the evidence is. Wouldn't that set a bad precedent for future Democratic presidents as well, though? Because all politicians lie, and if that's all it took to impeach one, then they should impeach well, them all. Perjury, but remember, perjury. impeachment doesn't necessarily mean removal from office, now, does it? That, that conviction by the Senate means removal from office, and that requires two-thirds 
of the United States Senate. So you have to have some pretty solid proof. Mm. But they'll have to come up with some pretty good questions. And then uh, when he'll say one lie after another, after another, and then uh, they can impeach him for that. According to, uh, let's see, Google here, how many presidents have been impeached in the United States? Only two Two. have been impeached. According to this, Andrew Johnson and Bill Bill Clinton, Clinton. and neither of them were convicted by the Senate. So it's just never, it's never happened uh, that any any president, sitting president, has been removed from office. Thanks, Tom, for the call. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. David in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live, listening on the TuneIn app. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, just... uh... See, you guys had done, uh, or your friend had done a uh, clip on this Sheriff Heath White that's charged. He's now charged in New Mexico with six felonies what for is taking uh, the what we talked about before. Uh, Sheriff Heath White in Torrance County, New Mexico, who also, I'm sorry, former sheriff, uh, he quit his sheriff job because he got hired to be a judge in the Torrance County Court, and. Um, after he left the sheriff's department, uh, the sheriff's position, he was replaced by the new sheriff, and the new sheriff did an audit of materials and found that uh, there was discrepancies and there were 100 and, now $162,000 worth of guns and, and night vision and shelving yeah. and generators <laughs> is all missing. They needed and a, they found they needed it all. A Navy accountant to, to keep track of all that <laughs> ammunition. Yeah. And... Uh, the anyway, the the news is that uh, previously he had not yet been charged, so now he's been charged. Okay, it was a inter- interesting to note that he was What's never the arrested. But, um, embezzlement. It's, it's right here. Um, while receiving stolen property, and let me get the exact six felonies, including embezzlement over twenty thousand, making or permitting false public voucher, and receiving stolen property, hmm. which. <laughs> He himself stole it. He stole right. it, and then he received it. <laughs> and and uh, if if convicted, up to seventeen years. But what was interesting is is um, he was never arrested for this. You know, the rest of us might have been arrested if if we had done that. But he's just allowed to just show up. Uh, never arrested, just show up to his arraignment. Was he indicted? And, uh, that... Yeah, he the, yeah. Apparently, there was. Uh, pardon. I was saying he must have been indicted if there was an arraignment. Yeah, yeah, he was apparently was in a, uh, indicted, uh, like I said, on these six felonies, and uh, he's like he's never, was never arrested, allowed to show up on his own to uh, to the yeah. arraignment. His, his attorney, his, in, his attorney, said some interesting things. His attorney is Sam Bregman. That you know, you know, every every community has their famous lawyers. Well, Sam Bregman is is one of the top. Well, he's probably the top one lawyer. See, Sal in the top. You know, pardon Saul. You mean Saul? Saul Goodman. Saul. Saul. Saul Goodman. Yep. Sam Bregman, it's all good, man. <laughs> and uh, anyway, funny, funny note about or interesting note anyway about Bregman. His kid, uh, I forget his first name, but his, his kid, the Bregman, is um, on the got the, on the Houston Astros. Uh, his rookie year, they won the World Series. What was that last year? Side note. But anyway, this, the attorney says uh, uh, we've already done our preliminary preliminary investigation and, and there's a defense to all of these allegations that this uh, $162,000 worth of gear that uh, was uh, at his home and at this guy's business uh, was there and he was uh, all explainable I guess and he says that the guy has done nothing illegal 
Um, and so far, they've only recovered... Uh, he was just keeping it at his house for safekeeping. I mean, he didn't want any of the cops to steal it out of the evidence locker, so he just kept it at his, in his garage. I mean, clearly, that's what it was Right, about. yeah. Well, they've only, they've, they've only recovered $32,000 worth of that $162,000 worth of gear. Well, he was really keeping it in a secret, uh, you know, safe location. Again, it's very important. It's just bad accounting. Yeah, just write it, off. His, write it off as a loss. At his, uh, his old mill feed store, apparently, when he, he, had his, uh, when he wanted a piece of equipment... He would give a purchase order or whatever to his assistant. The assistant would make arrangement uh, uh, for him to either go pick it up locally or, to, or she would order it online. And when it was ordered online, um, a good major, or good percentage of the time, if not all the time, it was delivered to the Old Mill Feed Store, which is owned by the sheriff, slash, or the, the, the sheriff at the time. And um, apparently there's some records at the feed store showing that there were firearms that were there that had been sold firearms that were purchased with the county money that had been sold through the feed store wow. and apparently the money, the money pocketed um, and the salary so he makes be- as a sheriff just wasn't enough he had you know the ridiculous salary likely that he makes as a I, sheriff i do sort of feel for you with you've got all these uh, firearms sitting in there why not sell them i mean it's just they're just going to waste sitting in the evidence locker thanks for the call david appreciate the update on that story the toll-free number here tonight if you want to join us 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want it's the live sunday edition this is free talk live Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free here. It's live Sunday edition of the program. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. Freedom Fest. Free Talk Live is going to be there this year. It's going to be a great event. It's always a great event. This year's theme is the Wild West. Liberty and opportunity or lawlessness and violence. Pendulous, Pendulette, Lenore Scanese, Candace Owens, John Mackey, Kevin O'Leary, and Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank, Stephen Moore, Grover Norquist. It's a star-studded panel there. Libertarians, conservatives, liberals, just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates and share real solutions and converse freely. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL. Get your tickets now. It's freedomfest.com slash FTL. If you use coupon code FTL50, you get a discount. Who doesn't like a discount? A $50 discount. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Maybe you're not convinced. Yeah, well, you know, you want to think about it. Here's a great way to think about it. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL and watch the five best speeches from last year for free. Judge Napolitano, Alan Dershowitz, Charlie Kirk, Heather McDonald, John Mackey, all of them free. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. We'd love to see you there July 17th through the 20th in Las Vegas. Can't beat that. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. So we've been kind of looking at the uh, the video game business here, and it's, you know, when we were growing up, it was just kind of like a fun thing to do with your friends or kill some time, you know, on a weekend before you got to go back to school. Yep. 
go to the remember going to the video rental store and renting uh, video games. I was never a renter. I was a buyer. Really? Make a list. You never rented a game. I no. may, I may have, but I it's not, it wasn't my thing. I would I would rent movies and huh. you know, and video games was just now it's added to the collection. I would never rent. No, I mean I'm, I'm really? not a renter by nature and everything I've read Even about as renting. As a kid, you didn't rent. No. Wow. We didn't we couldn't rent. Oh, I'm sorry. That was how you tried out a game. As a kid. There weren't video game rentals when I was a kid. Really? Was, see, I late... owned some terrible games. <laughs> True. You would have been a teenager in the late in the late 80s, right? Yeah, I wasn't yeah. playing video okay. games as a teenager. Gotcha. I was getting in trouble. So, yeah, good point. Getting told uh, that this would never amount to anything and to read a book and study. Right. I mean, right. Who would have thought that you'd ever been able to make actual money besides being a programmer for a game? Sure. Um, now, of course, you've got these gamers that are in esports teams and all that. But let's look at the programming side of things. There's a story I've had in the New York uh, from the New York Times for a little bit here that I've been wanting to share. It's about this uh, guy who is mad about the working conditions for programmers in some of the biggest game companies out there. That I believe. And he's saying it's time to unionize. It's got a bad reputation. The video game industry is richer than it's ever been. Its revenue in 2018 was $43.8 billion. And remember, it was like a decade ago when we announced here the news that the U.S. video game market had exceeded Hollywood movies as far as its, uh, you know, its revenue was concerned. So I don't know how it compares today. I suspect it's significantly more at this point than what Hollywood movies pull in. I don't know. You know Endgame good- just did $2 billion. And that's the like possibly the biggest one ever. Getting it's approaching there. I thought yeah. it was one point two billion. It it got it broke that it broke through that. That was opening weekend. Okay, wow. Where a week later it busted through two billion. And this so, is global, right? This global? is the second highest grossing film in history, adjusted for inflation. Yes, Titanic. It just beat Titanic. Really? Star Wars, we're coming for you. <laughs> is Star Wars number one? I thought it was Gone with the Wind. I'll take a look. Okay. Uh, the highest video- grossing. Okay. Okay. The video game industry, forty-three point eight billion in twenty eighteen. Recent report estimated thanks in large part to hugely popular games like Fortnite and Call of Duty. These record-breaking profits could have led one to think the people who develop video games have it made. Fortnite is a giveaway game too. That's all microtransactions. That's true. You can play that for free. But the bloodbath. Then the bloodbath began in February. Call of Duty's publisher, Activision Blizzard laid off 8% of its staff, or nearly 800 workers, in a cost-cutting massacre. A few weeks later, the game studio ArenaNet cut dozens of positions, while smaller layoffs hit companies like Valve and the digital store operator GOG. And just last week, which I think stands for Good Old Games, yep. the video game giant Electronic Arts announced it was laying off 350 people across the globe. I don't think there's a lot of gamers too hurt about that one. EA's got a poor reputation right now. This brutal start to the 2019 fall... To 2019 followed the closures of major game companies like Telltale, the makers of games based on The Walking Dead, and Capcom Vancouver, the large studio behind the popular action series Dead Rising in 2018. All in all, thousands of video game workers have lost their jobs in the last 12 months. In many of these cases, laid-off employers had no idea, or employees rather, had no idea what was coming. One developer at a major studio told me in February, writes the article here at uh, New York Times, that he and his colleagues had been crunching which is what they call putting in long hours, including nights and weekends, for a video game release, only to be t- sold, uh, told suddenly that security was waiting to escort them off the premises. That's Wor- not a cool way to do it. No. Worker exploitation. Well, it's not a cool way to do it, but unfortunately you kind of have to... I can understand why they do it that way, because yeah. the last thing you want is some 
employee who's got a hair up his butt deciding to go ahead and with his last day on the job since he's got a few hours go ahead and scrap every bit of code that uh you know is in the production system or whatever no i get i get that but it sucks though to to be putting in long hours to be passionate about something that you're doing and then to be escorted it sucks yeah there's no way that it feels good there's no way uh worker exploitation whenever you like it's like breaking up with somebody whenever it's not your idea it stinks. Yep. Yep. I mean, even if you were going to break up, even if you were going to quit. And they beat you to it. And they beat you to it. It doesn't feel good because they beat you to it. So yeah. it, it's not fun getting fired, but that's the way it is. I think a lot of times, well, I've been fired enough times to, you know, you can kind of see it coming in mm-hmm. a lot of cases. Like you have to have done something to, you know, to warrant the firing. But to be, you know, to be working hard, to think you're doing your job, and then to be escorted from the premises doesn't sound like, you know, bad employees were, you know, getting terminated for poor performance in some form, right, or violating policy. Executives, uh, says here, worker exploitation has always been part of the video game industry's DNA. Executives with multi-million dollar stock packages often treat their employees like Tetris pieces to be put into place as efficiently as possible, then promptly disposed of. For many kids who grew up with controllers in their hands, being a game developer is a dream job. So when it comes to talent, supply is higher than demand. Some people who make, and I, I think the same thing's true of video game streaming, right? Like, there's literally millions of game yep. streamers out there. Um, some of them are hugely popular, and the rest of them, not so much. Uh, some people who make video games does receive decent salaries and benefits. For instance, he says experienced programmers at the richest studios can make six figures, but many do not. Quality assurance testers, those who play a game repeatedly in order to spot glitches before they're found by consumers, can make as little as $10 an hour. For those living in expensive cities like Los Angeles, working extensive overtime can be the only way to make ends meet. By comparison, Activision Blizzard's chief executive, Bobby Kotick, made eighty excuse me, twenty eight point six million well, in twenty seventeen. Well, spread quali- that around. Uh, well, a quality control person who's playing a video game for a living isn't I mean like, I don't know what to say, but that's is is how much do you want to pay this person? I would say a lot because when you ship a buggy game, that's one thing that stands out above anything else. Put a bunch of people on it and see what they report. Um, that's I mean, what betas are. That's where they uh, release the game publicly. Public beta allows people big to games report don't do bugs. Public betas. Some do. Very few. Well, anyway, this, you can, you can, you've already predicted it. where this is going here, Richie. This is the attitude of the CEOs are evil. Oh, we yeah. need to big, you know, screw these CEOs <laughs> and give the the game testers all the money. Right. The people who are playing video games for a living, they should get more money or something. Well, I'm not saying they should get more money. What I'm saying is, I I would say that that job has value. I, all jobs have value. That's why they pay them. But the well, reason why it's only ten dollars an hour will, that will play a video game right. for a living. Okay. I mean, if your choice is getting your hand, arms burned on a on a fry cooker or playing a video game, perhaps a video game sounds seems attractive. Understood. Right. But when uh, what, my point is that when you ship when you have low quality employees doing lower value tasks, and then you ship a bu- buggy game. That definitely affects the performance and sales of that game. Smart people in good in roles tend to are valuable no matter what role they do. However, they're liable to get promoted up through the ranks relatively quickly. All right, there's more coming up here. Um, he has a solution. He thinks the game industry should unionize. What do you think about it? 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring up what you want on Free Talk Live. Yeah! 
Yep, it's Free Talk Live. Moments remain here. Enough time for you if you jump on the phones right now. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Liberty.menu. For years, libertarians of all stripes have wanted a directory of liberty-minded businesses. We're helping to build one. It's a liberty.menu. It's a tool for your community. And as at its core, it's a directory for events and businesses and digital content. Listings can be rated and reviewed, and there's a bit of a social networking aspect that you can connect and share with others. Use Liberty.menu. Oh, excuse me. The use of Liberty.menu is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force and those who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. So put your voluntarist ideas into action at Liberty.menu. And use code FTL. You get a free special badge. It's Liberty.menu. We're talking about video games, uh, Activision, Blizzard, m- making big money. Uh, $28.6 million was what they paid the chief executive, Bobby Kotick. But the guy at the New York Times, who I believe is a programmer for games, his name's Jason Schreier. He's the author of Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, the triumphant, turbulent stories behind vi- how video games are made. Uh, he says... That uh, game game programmers need to unionize, and we'll get into that here. Uh, but uh, saying that the chief executive, in addition to the twenty eight point six million, also included cash, stock, and other compensation, three hundred and six times the median Activision employee salary. He says there's only one way for these workers to push back against the way they're exploited, while franchises like Call of Duty churn out money for those at the very top. Unionization. I think you covered it earlier when you said that it's a supply and demand issue, right? They're not exploited. They're just easily replaceable because there's so many other people wanting that job. But what is exploitation? Is it paying somebody the lowest possible wage for the job that they do? Is that exploitive or is that just what the market will bear? I think the exploitation comes into the fact that they're required to work long hours above and beyond what, you know, what they may have signed up for right initially and I, then threatened with the you know, termination if they don't put in the mm-hmm. extra effort above me on the contract i'm willing to call if, if we're going to use this term exploitation either has a it either has a definition or it doesn't right it's many times used just to say uh that they're employed mm. right the uh, employed and exploited is underpaid. a synonym um underpaid whatever they'll they'll often use this terminology however I'm going to say that words have meanings, so let's use let's come up with a meaning for exploited. Exploited means you're at, you know told to at the pain of being fired, told to do more, different, and longer things than you were told when you got hired. Now, if are these guys hired on a salaried basis? They must be, right? Because you don't want to pay a programmer hourly. Because then they're just going to take their sweet time on doing everything. So you want to, you, you know, you're hiring them to do a certain task, and if they need to get that, you know, if there's a deadline and they haven't gotten the task done, then that's when they got to do the crunch time, right? Like that seems like it would be an expo- expected part of this job. I think at the higher level programmers, you're probably right. But if you're talking about, you know, the ten dollar an hour game testers, well, that's I, not what we're talking about. Okay, here. we're talking about pro- he's specifically talking about programmers. 
in this case. I mean, game testers probably aren't putting in crunch time as, as much as the, uh, the programmers okay. are, but I don't know. I'm, I'm speculating to some extent here. I've never worked in the industry. If you have and you want to comment, you're welcome to. He says the idea of unionization only recently began building momentum. In 2018, the grassroots organization Game Workers Unite began encouraging game studio employees across the world to unionize. At the annual Game Developers Conference in San Francisco last month, union organizers hosted several sessions on how workers might start unions at their own companies. They also passed around cards comparing the salaries of industry executives to those of the developers who work underneath them. One stated that Andrew Wilson, the chief executive of Electronic Arts, made $35.7 million in 2018, while the average worker at the company got $93,336. By no means a pittance. No. I mean, what's a typical uh, wage in the United States? 30? Yeah, something like 30. Where are these people, where do they work? Electronic Arts, one of the biggest. California, most likely. California? They have different studios in probably around the world. If they're in San Francisco, that 93 might not not be worth as much as we think. Well, still, that's the average worker at that, uh, that company. Another said Tim Sweeney, the chief executive of Fortnite's developer, Epic Games, has a net worth of over $7 billion. Now, that's different than what he's making. Uh, so far, progress has been slow. While game workers have become more likely to voice support for unionization on social media and in private gatherings, no major studio in the United States has seen an attempt to organize yet. The author here says he doesn't work in video games, but as a journalist who writes about them and is part of a union, I've seen benefits of organization firsthand. He says in 2018, our union was able to negotiate the layoffs by the layoffs many of my colleagues faced into buyouts. Like journalists, workers in the video game industry will be better off when they're able to leverage their talent and experience to demand better conditions from the executives who profit off of their work. I don't particularly have a problem with unions. Me neither. What happens but. oftentimes is that unions will ask too much and like there's a there's this give and take and I I think that there are people that are working within this industry who are probably substandard, right? Everybody there's somebody sure. is below average. Sure. Right. Half of these programmers that we're hearing about here are below average. And they're turning in buggy code, they're not right, they're know. just not as good. They're they're coming in uh, you know, hungover. They're they're coding stoned. Right. Whatever it is they're doing, they're thinking about their girlfriend. Not that coding stones necessarily a bad thing. It probably happens a lot. I, I don't know. Great older games, but I will say that uh, I mean it's the it's the ones who are doing the job and doing it well that deserve the good pay. And uh, the unions don't always look at it that way. They look at everybody's work the sa- as the same. Which it's isn't not. fair to the ones who are good and deserve to get paid more right. because of that. And then you also have the problem with unions teaming up with the government to get special dip- dispensation for themselves. You've also got the problem of the people running the unions are getting paid very, very well. They're getting all these union dues, for instance. And what are they really doing for it? Right. Unions um, uh, you know, supporting politicians that will then support them i think unions should be something that exists outside of politics but they don't seem to do that for very long and on top of that you've also got um the issue of unions forcing people into the union where and i forget is it uh, there's certain terminology for it right to work is the when you don't have to do the right so there's states that aren't right to work right which means that if a union is formed in your workplace you then have to join it so even if you're like, I don't feel like I'm going to benefit from this. I can negotiate better on my own. Right. Uh, no thanks. They're like, well, sorry. You've got if you're going to keep working here, then you got to pay in. You got to pay up. The argument there 
and I think it's completely a fair argument, not to say that people shouldn't have should be forced to join their the, the union club or whatever, but I, I think it's a fair argument is that if the union is bargaining and you're benefiting from that bargaining, then you should have to pay. Why too. would you have to benefit if you weren't part of the union? Because they wouldn't have to pay you the same wage as they paid the other people. Sets a baseline. People. Yeah, it sets a baseline. You're going to figure that out mm-hmm. really quick. One common argument by critics of unionization is that it won't prevent layoffs or studio shutdowns. It won't automatically provide money to struggling companies or force Mr. Kotick to take a lower salary. And that's true, of course, but unions will open lines of communication between workers and management. Unions will allow video game workers to negotiate guaranteed severance packages, mandatory paid overtime, stronger benefits, better salaries, notification before layoffs, and fair crediting policies. Another argument is that if American workers unionize, companies will just turn to cheaper countries. Anyone who's ever glanced at a video game's credit section knows that companies are already doing that to some extent. But it would be prohibitively expensive for a company like Activism to simply pack up shop and move all of its developers from North America and (laughs) Europe to a cheaper area. Not just in cash, but in terms of lost institutional knowledge. Besides, in the ideal version of the scenario, game developer shops all across the world would also be organizing, allowing them to all stand in solidarity together. Uh huh. That's a bit of a uh, rock star grand vision. Grand yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, really, the the game developers in the United States are going to stand with the game developers in Bangladesh. Yeah, no, no, they're going to the Bangladeshis are going to undercut them. And if if there are you know I don't know how many bang, uh, game developers there are in in Bangladesh, but no, that's not gonna that's not gonna work. So um, I, you know he says it's prohibitively expensive for a company to pack up shop. Well, that depends. I mean, it's not like Activision has to move a manufacturing facility. You know, it's not like moving. And this has happened, right? Where manufacturing has moved out of the United yeah. States, has moved over to these other countries. So even though that's an incredible cost to shut down an entire factory sell or move the equipment from in that factory, build a whole new facility in some other country and move product, you know, move the manufacturing facility. They do it all the time. Gaming? I mean, the only argument he has is the institutional knowledge side of of the argument. There's that. This is is relatively easy to do. So if you say your Activision, I guess, is the, Mm -hmm. the one we're going with here, you just begin setting up. In another country. In another country. Yeah, so you yeah. take some of your some of your talents, you think they're best at instruction, mm-hmm. and you send them over, and then you pay take them the a little more, fire the other guys. You're not firing anybody at this point. You're just opening another shop where they're doing mm-hmm. more stuff. You're producing twice as much stuff. Hopefully, you get to that point where it can, where they can do that. When they do, you just start letting attrition work on your your U.S. side, and uh, you build up your your Asian we'll see you side. tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com in the meantime. Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges. He is a first-time offender, and no victims were named at trial. Ross is condemned to die in a cage because he made a website called Silk Road that allowed people to exchange what they chose using Bitcoin as long as no third party was harmed. Please help. Sign and share the petition at freeross.org to commute Ross's sentence and bring him home.